It may be early, but we are giving you our NFL award predictions. Don't miss out on who we have winning MVP, Coach of the Year, and many, many more. Also, what's going on in New York? And no, we're not talking about the Jets and the Giants. We're talking about the Real Housewives of New York. Big rumor mill with the cash shakeup there. So listen, fill up those wine glasses and check out this episode. Hey there. Hello, hello. I'm literally in I I to gotta tell you, 30 seconds is never enough time to <laughs> go on to all of our accounts and share everything over to my personal accounts. It's like I'm on the clock every week and I'm like, hold on, <laughs> it's going, it's going, it's going. But um we should like turn the countdown into like a, f- a five minute countdown. I need a lot yeah, of time. I could, I could use it. I could use it. A whole five minutes to get our shit together. So yep. But that being said, hello and welcome to The Real Football Fans of New Jersey. I am Caitlin. This is Katie. We obviously come to you week after week with the best football, housewives, wine, life content that you could ever get. Ever get. It's the best. The best content is coming from us. Um, But we are so happy to be with you this week as we wrap up what is going to be our last show for August. Um, You know, September is next week. We're taking next week off. We'll remind you guys again at the end of the episode. Um, But, you know, Katie and I got to wrap wrap up our summers, but we're taking next week off. We'll be primed and ready for, for college and NFL season coming up right around the corner. But with that being said, thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of The Real Football Fans of New Jersey. This week, we asked you guys to ask us questions. We did get a you know a handful of questions. We're going to address five of them right now. But throughout the show, if you are watching live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter right now, you can always ask us questions live. We're here to answer them. So go ahead and send them in. But let's get started. So the first one we have is, how long is it going to take for San Francisco to bench Jimmy Garoppolo for Trey Lance? I mean, in a best case scenario for Jimmy G, he plays the entire season. I feel like that's um, where my head is at. I don't, I don't know. Like I, but I'm thinking more worst case scenario. And I guess maybe it's a little bit off of like, sometimes you can be tricked by preseason, but I do think the 49ers have really liked what they've seen from Trey Lance in preseason. Right. Mm-hmm. Not that Jimmy G has played poorly, but they've just, Trey Lance has looked pretty good. Um, I'm going to go with week seven which is the first game after San Francisco's very early week six yeah. bye. And the reason mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing this, I pulled up their schedule. They're only like a hundred percent winnable game um, for the first six game for the first five games is their opener against Detroit. But then they have to go on the road against Philly, which they could potentially lose. It's on the road. Yeah. Then they're playing green Bay. Then they're playing Seattle and then they're playing at Arizona. So worst case scenario, the San Francisco team could go into their bye week with one win. And if that's the case and that's, you know, you got Jimmy G and you've got one win, I feel as though use the bye week to prep Trey Lance and then Mm -hmm. have him come in week seven of the NFL season. I just like want to like break the like the stigma or like the whatever in the NFL is that if you bring in a rookie quarterback and he looks good, he's going to play for you. Let's go back to the NFL where you actually draft a rookie quarterback and you mature him enough to become your next guy. I know Jimmy Garoppolo is young and I know they probably wanted a lot more out of him. But listen, you had a you had a Super Bowl run with him. You know, obviously the injury bug came around and bit. Everyone in San Francisco in the ass last Mm -hmm. year. So there's a lot up for grabs there, but I really do want to like break that, like that literally that, like that trend now where it's like, we draft a young guy. He's got to play for us right away. We're seeing Mm -hmm. a lot of downfall from young players these days. And I think it's because they're expected of way too much early on. So I don't necessarily, this is one quarterback, you know, situation, one quarterback competition that I don't want it to be a competition right now. I would actually like to see Jimmy G 
go out the season, do the entire season, you know, put let's me too. Me too. Let's pray that no injuries happen again. Um, but I guess honestly, like I really do, you know, so I didn't really pick a particular week, but I do like mm -hmm. your, you know, where you're coming from, you know, with how NFL teams act right now, if you're going yeah. into the early bye week and you're only one win in frustrations are going to be running high. And I think they are going to pull the trigger and just be like, listen, let's see what we can do. We've had right. the week off. Let's see what we can do prep wise. Let's see if we can go into week seven, week eight with this kid and see what happened. And listen, yep. things happen well sometimes for the young guys. So things could, you know, could turn around there, but right. It's not something I want to see particularly. So I agree. I agree. All righty. So moving into housewives, if you can save only one New York housewives from the current cast, who would it be? I feel as though like Ramona is kind of the most important person to that cast. She's, <sighs> she's an OG. She's been there, you know, forever. And it, it would feel really weird if she wasn't there. However, I'm going to go with another OG and I'm going to save Luann. I'm going to um, save Luann too, I think. Caitlin and I have obviously, like, if you guys can't tell Love from Luan. this show, like, over the last couple of years, like, and this this is something that only grew over the last couple of years because, mm -hmm. obviously, if you've been watching Roni since the beginning, she definitely was on her Countess high horse for, like, the first several seasons. Right. And it was more so post-being arrested Luann or even like during that when she fell in the bushes and everything like that when she was <laughs> drinking, um, we've really grown to yeah. love her a lot. And I think that's the person we would be most sad to see go. So yeah. if I could save anybody, I'm saving my girl, Lou. I love her. I'm saving her too. Saving her from the bushes, saving her from <laughs> getting kicked off the cast. 100% uh, I am saving her as well. Yeah. Alrighty, another if scenario. If you could move yes. Thursday night football to another night of the week, which would it be? Well, it can't be Wednesdays because that's our podcast. I know. Um, <laughs> obviously, there's already Monday night football. Saturday, I know if people are big into college, that's college football. So I'm just gonna go Friday. Like, yeah. And I wouldn't really hate if it was like earlyish Friday where it's kind of like, like a five go out game. For, go out for happy hour after yeah. work on a Friday and catch like a six o'clock start of a football game and whether you pay attention at to it as the night goes on maybe you do maybe you don't but like it's a good way to just kind of like kick off your weekend and and mm -hmm. maybe go out somewhere and meet up with friends so I, I'm gonna go with Friday well, we do have a couple of live viewers right now. So if you guys were to change Thursday night football to another night, which one would it be? I got to go with Friday too. I think it just it yeah. really extends the football weekend. You know, I'm a huge college football person. So Saturdays right. are big, uh, big with me, but I agree with you. That was my one caveat when with reading the question, I'm fine with moving it to another night of the week. I just want it to be earlier. I, it's gotta yeah. be earlier. And I love, I love that. You know, there are some, um, there are some college football uh, games on Friday nights usually um so that might be a bit of a conflict so yeah but in a perfect let's think of a perfect world here yeah um so yeah definitely thinking about that but i would love that too like a 5 36 o'clock game you know you get out and you know i'm being selfish to the east coast because you know what I'm, yeah i'm sick and tired of us you know catering to the west coast i'm sick and tired of it i yeah you guys get all of our primetime games at five o'clock i'm in bed by eight o'clock we can't do this anymore people. no no so, we can't live like this we can't i can't live like this and that's why it's a friday so if you're still working at like two three o'clock it's a friday you're winding down anyway yeah. so yeah it's you fine it on, you could throw it on at work hopefully you have a yeah. tv at work and everybody's just chill hanging out everyone's watching it like it's fine it's fine yeah. and if it's your team take a half day i know a lot of people that take half days and days off to go watch you know to go watch their teams like they take their pto days dedication. you can do that too it's dedication. big dedication Alrighty, so this is kind of a, I guess, a trolling question from our beloved friend Snacks. Um, you know, he's a big wine drinker as well. So shout out to Nikki Snacks. You guys can find him on uh, Twitter. Um, he, he wants to know if he's the best uh, wine drinker online right now. So out of all the content creators, all of the online personalities, is he the best best wine drinker out there? Hell no. I, I I don't know when he started, but I feel like we're the OG wine drinking podcast in our logo. Like yeah. you can, like we're literally leaned up against a bottle of wine. Yeah. Like we drink wine week after week. Like that's our brand. Like, we're it's kind our of brand. the OG. We're kind of the OGs. So. Drinking it right now. Like it's our, so, this sorry, is our snacks. brand. 
stick to snacks, we'll stick to wine. <laughs> he did send us a hilarious picture. So him and our other good friend, Justin Pennick of Talking Giants, they are at uh, Patriots uh, uh, Giants practice this week. Yeah. So they are there. Uh, they're filming their live. I got a lot of great stuff from them this week. They posted a picture last night, whether they're at an Airbnb or a hotel. They were outside and they were smoking cigars. And I did reply, you know, where... Where's the wine? So Snacks did come back, though, with a great picture of one of those Cabot wine bottles, those huge yes, ones. The, yeah. And he was just right out, right up a bottle. So the wine was there. I'm very proud of our Atta boys. Attaboy, attaboy. The wine was there. Love it, love it. All right, so our final question out of these pool of five. This one is directly related to me. So shout out to our friend, uh, Tony, that sent it in. Um, so what have you learned one year into dating a rival football fan? So for those of you who don't know, I do date an Eagles player. Today is actually our one-year anniversary. Date, you date an Eagles player? I do. An, an Eagles fan. I date an Eagles player fan. He does not play football. <laughs> I don't think he could. I, I date. I date one of the guys on the Philadelphia Eagles. I yep. do. I, that's something I probably wouldn't be able to do. Fan is hard. Don't get me wrong. A player, I would just be like, I hate you every day. Come home, hate you. Um. So yeah. So yeah. So today happens to be my my anniversary. Uh, great one year. What I've learned um over the year is that. I mean, I guess like together, a lot of patience, uh, you know, we do set boundaries. So we do not watch games together, whether it's the Giants playing another team or the Eagles playing another team and or them playing each other. The only time we did watch that was we did go to an in-person game together. Um, so, yeah, I've just learned to be very patient with my tension and my anger. And I kind of, you know, leave that out of the relationship. So it's still very much there. Um, and yeah, what I've learned too, is that you can sincerely love someone to death and like, they could be your favorite person, like 90% of the day. But when it comes to football Sunday, when it comes to the giants and Eagles, you can truly that person you love, you could hate them for everything that they are. So, um, it is still very much a learning experience. It's not easy. We are coming up on season two together. So we will see, I feel like it's a sitcom. We're coming up on season two. So literally in our relationship and with football season. So we will, we will see how that pans out. I think what maybe if the NFC East is actually good in the next couple of years, things might get a little tricky year um but it was definitely uh definitely an interesting one but i i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds with this giants eagles uh relationship very nice very nice all right well those are our questions we are live so if you have anything else you want to shoot over and ask us absolutely go for it we are here ask us anything football housewives life wine we will answer whatever, but let's get into our big stories of the week in the world of football. Obviously, you know, we've got NFL quick hot topics and we've got, you know, we're very close to the regular season starting. So there's a lot of buzz, a lot of things going on at camp and preseason. And yeah, let's just kick it right off. Um, last week, this was a big loss for the New York Jets. They announced that their mm. big free agency addition and defensive end Carl Lawson suffered a ruptured Achilles tendon during their joint practice with Green Bay, and he will unfortunately miss the entire 2021 season. Obviously, you know, regardless of what team somebody plays for, like you never want to see these guys go down for the whole season before the season even even begins. starts. Yeah. And obviously, for reasons being of the Jets being their like big free agency acquisition, this one stings even more so. Um, so it is a huge blow for them. They needed improvement to their edge rushing uh, group, which is why they brought him in. And see, that's yeah. what that's what sucks the most, too. You know, right. We, when you're bringing in somebody because it's a position of need. And for the Jets too, an organization where we've been questioning the dumpster fire of what they are for the past couple of seasons. You know, I know you've called out that, you know, their offense, you know, they made some decent moves in the draft, you know, and even right. like some of these off season moves like this, the team, you cannot deny it has tried to position themselves properly. So it does, yeah. it, it hurts that yes, someone, one of your guys is now done for the season before the season even starts, yeah. but bringing it again, bringing on someone you really needed, you were then excited about. And now it's just, it's, it's very. Well, I can't good. even yeah. remember. I can't even remember if they took Carl Lawson before or after the draft, but let's just say in a world like they, they brought him in before the draft happened. 
you know, that affects your draft too. Like maybe you were looking potentially in the first round to draft the defensive end, but you acquire Carl Lawson and you're like, okay, like we have him now let's look at other positions. So right. that affects your draft as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very unfortunate for them. And speaking of their draft class, they actually had rookie safety Zane Lewis. He also suffered a season and, ending injury the same day as Carl Lawson Mm. with a torn patella tendon and a sprained ACL. So that was a rough day in practice for the Jets. And uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how their uh, pass rushing group does this this season. But that was was a huge, huge loss. Mm -hmm. Um, On Monday's preseason game between New Orleans and Jacksonville, Jacksonville rookie running back Travis Etienne was seen limping on the sideline and then returned to the game in a walking boot. So it didn't look good. And then on Tuesday, Ian Rappaport reported that he suffered a Liz Frank injury and their belief was it was just a spring. So, okay, then it sounded a little bit more positive. However, news later broke that he would miss the entire season. Um, Etienne was supposed to be running back number one for Jacksonville after being drafted number 25 overall in the first round of this this draft. Uh, And now we're just going to be going back to sophomore running back James Robinson, who um, was going to be running back two. He was running back one for Jacksonville last year, and I thought he did a tremendous job, rushed for over 1,000 yards. So Mm -hmm. this isn't the worst it sucks because no, he, like yeah. it was your first round pick and like mm-hmm. you wanted him to be RB one, but it's not kind of as similar as like when you lose Cam Akers and in for the Rams and then like who right. you're turning who, to yeah. like yeah. James Robinson can handle this job. Yeah. They'll be okay. Mm-hmm. It just kind of sucks. It does. Um, but Hey, listen, fantasy football, fantasy football peeps. That means James Robinson is is going up mm-hmm. in draft stock, yeah. going up in boards. Make sure you do not draft Travis Etienne. I know. <laughs> um, so pay attention to those injuries as well. Usually, if you're drafting Yahoo, ESPN, like it will say those things for right. you. But yeah. like, just just don't slip up and make yeah. a crazy mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of Cam Akers and the Los Angeles Rams and the loss of him. Yesterday, it was reported that the Rams acquired running back Sony Michelle from the New England Patriots. I thought this was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, Mm -hmm. Good for the Rams. Right. So they got Sony Michelle from the New England Patriots in exchange for two draft picks, a 2022 six round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick. I I felt like that was pretty good. Um, New England was trying to sh- uh, trying to shop Sony Michelle since the draft when they took a running back in the fourth round, and obviously Los Angeles was in the market for a, for mm-hmm. a running back with the loss of Cam Akers. I think this was a great pickup for uh, the Rams. I'm not saying Sony Michelle is going to be RB one. I don't no, think Daryl yeah. Henderson's RB one. I think this is just going to be like a running back by committee type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do believe they needed to bring in somebody. And and I really like this. I, I like. I kind of like it for both sides, New England and and uh, and the Rams, because New England wanted to do this. They picked up some draft picks. I'm surprised, honestly, that they got a fourth rounder out of that. Um, but this is obviously good for the Rams as well, who needed a running back. And then let's talk about obviously some of the most interesting news in the NFL offseason with quarterback competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have obviously, like we said, the regular season is getting ready to start soon. So we're starting to hear rumblings, rumors, some confirmations of who is winning these quarterback competitions. So Um, Many, including Greg Rosenthal, are calling the New Orleans competition between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill a wrap after a stellar game two from Jameis. There was a lot of buzz around him. He had a really great preseason game. And uh, people are predicting that he is definitely going to be the starter. And a lot of people are feeling like they're saying he's going to be the starter as he should be. They felt mm-hmm. it shouldn't even have been a competition. I know we've definitely talked about it on the show before, but I definitely all, said that before everyone. <laughs> yeah. All, all signs are pointing to Jameis for new Orleans. Yeah. Um, San Francisco head coach. I mean, this goes with the question that we got at the beginning of the show, San Francisco head coach, Kyle Shanahan will still not give any answers to the start uh, to who is going to be their starter. Um, I, I feel as though, Normally it would have just been like, it's Jimmy G, but the fact that he's not saying it, it kind of like makes you wonder. And again, like I said, 
I think Trey Lance has had a really nice preseason. So I don't know if that's like messing with their heads over in San Fran, but I still believe like there's no reason that they shouldn't start Jimmy. Um, they're not yeah. like some of these other teams that drafted rookie quarterbacks where it's like, okay, so-and-so should definitely start over so-and-so like Jimmy G is still a starter in the NFL, in my opinion. So I, but I just there's feel- other circumstances too. So it's not like out in Chicago. And I know we're going to talk about that in a second yeah. where it's, it's Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton right. was a exactly. starter for Cincinnati years ago. He played right. for the Cowboys last year. He hasn't right. played for the Bears. Right. So in San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo has been your quarterback. So there right. shouldn't be. That's why I'm saying, like, listen, you got a rookie and he's playing great in preseason. Good for you. That's what you want. That doesn't mean all these question marks we fought. That doesn't mean that. That's And that's what I, I hate about the NFL right now. Like, it sucks. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree with you. This should be a no-brainer, in my opinion, that Jimmy mm-hmm. is the starter. Um, in Chicago, head coach Matt Nagy said he – we have confirmation here in Chicago – said that Justin Fields will start the final preseason game beca- and that Andy Dalton will not play since Dalton is going to be their week one starter. Did this one surprise you at all? Honestly, I they've been riding on this train that Andy Dalton has been – is going to be the starter. You know, he made that Mm -hmm, statement mm -hmm. like what, five or six weeks ago. And then he came back and he said it again. And then now he makes this comment. Listen, Chicago star Andy Dalton, by all means, I think you're making a mistake. I think, you know, Justin Fields clearly went out. I don't have faith in Ohio state quarterbacks. Like I don't Mm -hmm, really have mm -hmm. much faith in Justin Fields, but he's been, he's been showcasing what he can do. And it's not a scenario. Like I just said, where you've had your quarterback for a while, you just got Andy Dolan. You don't owe anything to him. You don't like you really don't. Right. So listen, I don't know. You, you have Justin Fields star and he, you know, in the last game and he does really well. You play Andy Dahl in week one. He plays really bad. Listen, it looks really poor on you, in my opinion, then. So I just, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's, I don't, I don't, I, I hate the, like, some teams, yes, should commit to who they want to start week one at a certain time. But there are other teams where it's like, why did you commit to him so early when Justin yeah. Fields didn't even take the field yet? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like, this was my 50, 50. Like I kind of was like, okay, Trevor Lawrence is going to start. Zach Wilson is going to start because there's nobody really competing with him in New York. Right. Um, And Justin Fields was my kind of 50, 50 guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mainly because like it's him or Andy Dalton. And I thought he definitely had a shot to win the job outright week one. Yeah. Um, And maybe they're, Maybe they're just playing it safe, honestly, just playing it safe. But I don't think it's going to take very long for Justin Fields to come in. He's looked nice in preseason as well. There's a lot of hype around him. Chicago was very, very – Chicago and their fans were super excited to get him. And I'm sure it won't be long until we see him uh, take the field Mm -hmm. as the starter. Yep. And then this last one. This last one was really, like, started to get kind of close. And we talked about it last week. This is coming out of Denver. We have confirmation. It was announced yesterday that Teddy Bridgewater will be the starter over Drew Locke. All I can say about this one is... We made it. Well, we made it. I feel certain teams should maybe hit up Denver and potentially trade for Drew Locke. Do you not? Do you actually think he is starting potential at a, a it at what like team right now? Uh, I I'm just I playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm really thinking anybody off like the tippy top of my head. Um, I don't know, I don't know, but like I just Drew Lock really never got his shot, and I'm still so intrigued by what he can do in the league. Yeah. Um, and I am as well. I think this competition was very, very um, hard for me, so to say, because I have nothing against Drew Lock, but I have all of my, you know, eggs in the basket for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. I think, you know, and I've said this time after time. If you guys are either, if you're listening to us for the first time, go back and check our check the receipts. And if you've listened to us for a very long time. You know I'm a huge Teddy Bridgewater fan. I know right. people 
shit on his name all the time for no damn reason. And it's very, very frustrating. You know, I've even, I've even pulled out the receipts before to show people that there's nothing wrong with him. And I do think he is a true starter in this league, but that's why this competition was so difficult because I too, you and I both were on the Drew Locke train and we were like, he's a dark horse. Like he's mm-hmm. going to come out and do his thing. It's we, we hate to see, you know, the injury, you know, bug come around, but I'm with you. I yeah. am. I want to see what he can do. Yeah. And they're like, like I said, there's no team right now that's like popping into my head, but you better believe like if somebody goes Gets down hurt. due yeah. to injury, mm-hmm. call Denver, get Drew Locke. Yeah. Well, I think about the same thing with like Gardner Minshew. I'm surprised no one's gone after him. Yeah, either. I mean, he's definitely trade bait as well. Like, I, I guess there's now just going to be this list of guys where if like you're if your starter goes down, like you got to be calling about Gardner. You got to call about yep. Drew Locke. Like, these are the guys that are like going to be the first phone yeah. calls. Should be the first phone calls. Yeah. Well, regardless of that, I, I am very um, happy to hear the news of Teddy Bridgewater starting. I am very excited to watch him this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the you know I I saw you tag me in the the Instagram posts of the the preseason touchdown mm-hmm. pass from <laughs> uh, Teddy Bridgewater to Jerry Judy. Uh, it is something you love to see. It you do Could see a I, lot of that this season. It's a it's a great uh, pass combo that I love. Um, so I'm really I'm really happy about it, and it's it's you know, there's Teddy Bridgewater deserves respect on his name. And I'm hoping that this is the season where it's a a full 17 games. Um, and it's a good one. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All righty. Well, let's go ahead and shift gears and get into real housewives. We will come back to the NFL with our little fun game. If you read the caption of our live episode, you know what the game is, but we will get to that in a little bit. So, a lot of rumors this week coming out of the Real Housewives of New York. As we've been delivering week after week, that Katie and I are un like very not pleased with this season. So many people are not pleased with the season, and that only stirs the pot a little bit more when it comes to the yep. rumor mill. Um, we do have to give like the biggest asterisk in the world that these are rumors, like very, very much so. So really have no confirmation on a lot of things. So don't, and like, again, don't shoot the messenger. This isn't coming from Katie and mine's mouth. It's just, we're hearing what we hear and yep. well, it's gotta be, it's juicy. I gotta tell you that. So it our, is, it is. <laughs> our report did come out on Monday with rumors uh, swirling over the future of the real housewives in New York um, and the cast. And it claims that Ramona and Ebony are going to be the only ones returning for a season 14. And I do actually have heard, you know, if there actually will be a season 14, one of the rumors right. I heard too, is that they might be doing like a Dallas hiatus. I don't know any fat shit, crazy thing like that. So that means Sonia and Leah would be gone. They did mm-hmm. say that Luann would return as a friend. Um, I think that Housewives has taken the word friend like differently over the past couple of seasons for every yeah. franchise, every franchise. It's not. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's different per franchise, what they think of as a friend. So that's a little interesting as well. So uh, the report also did say that there's going to be three new housewives joining, uh, mm-hmm. looking at Ramona's friends, uh, Lucia Huang Gordon. I hope I got that correct. Um, and they also want someone famous to come on and boost the ratings. Uh, Sherry Shepard, who is the former host of The View, is rumored to be top of that list. I've heard, you know, Sherry Shepard has been uh, rumored before. Um, so are funny. So my brother just commented, boo, Ebony needs to go and Dorinda and Beth need to come back maybe jill zarin oh so, god I, I i don't want yeah. jill zarin no, he doesn't you. want jill i don't particularly no. want her either hi <laughs> like no hi. no hi i, I always love voice, that voice i always love that um they always do um like the memes of like that gif of her coming on yeah. to the ha <laughs> and like, like sneaking <laughs> around the corner like no no bitch and ramona's no. face of like 
I think I saw one of the one of the ones was like the joke of like the memes out there right now about like my sum or like my fall plans and like the Delta variant. Yeah. That was one of them. Her kind. Jill. Jill. <laughs> Hi. Jill Zarin is the Delta variant. Oh um, my no, God. that's mean, but she is in some ways. Um, but Bethany, yes, would love and Durand obviously would love to come back. Um, but yeah, so Sherry Shepard, I actually have. Um, yes, I've seen that before. Um, okay. Like this isn't this isn't the first time she's been brought up. So. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. Um, so yeah, so the biggest rumblings though, and as my brother just did say, Bethany, is that there are, you know, talks of bringing people back. The two people right. at the top of this list are both Bethany and Tinsley. Mm -hmm. um, Tinsley is very close to signing according to the asterisk rumors. Yeah. Um, and Bethany is not too far behind. Um, and then they're thinking too that Dorinda is not going to return that because Tinsley will be coming back. So, so I want to say sucks. that I believe that I, I want to say it was people magazine mm -hmm. that like just today came out with an article where Beth, which like people magazine, when I see articles from them, I'm like, okay, they're a little bit more credible than like some of these bogus websites. Right. Um, and I did see the, like quote, the dark web where we get. Our yeah. 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 From. I did see like the headline, um, Bethany basically saying like, I have not talked to housewives like producers. Or I Bravo. saw something on page six. I wonder if it's still up. Maybe it was the same. Maybe that was the article they put. But I think I saw it from people saying that Bethany ba basically hasn't been in talks with Bravo or any yeah. of the execs for housewives since she has left. So I guess like she must have heard people were like asking her about these rumors that have just come out. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't know what people are talking about. Like I haven't even talked to anybody. Yeah, so it was definitely more than uh, 24 hours ago because I'm looking on okay. page six's thing. Um, but uh, yeah, they basically, it was basically just saying like this former housewife like finally speaks to like whatever. The addition so. of Tinsley like makes the most sense to me. That's to me the most believable. I'm still, yeah. I, I still would never believe that Bethany will come back. Like uh, that's one of those I'll believe it when I see it type things. Um, and Dorinda, I don't know. I don't know. T I just feel like Tinsley and her storyline and the fact that like now she's not with Scott and she can move back to New York and come back to the right. ladies and kind of like have her rebound and like, it didn't always you know what have I mean? Drama. So like come back. Like, yeah. Like I, I just feel as though Tinsley makes the most sense and it's most realistic to believe that she would come back if anybody. I just need to tell you, like, Bravo, if you're listening, like, I don't care if these are rumors. If you only bring back Ramona and Ebony and you bring on three brand new people and That's no one else aggressive. we know, it is going to be worse than this yeah. season. Yeah. And this season is horseshit. This wedding is horseshit. I need to tell you, like, literally this season sucks. Well... I feel as though when I read an article where like Andy was kind of trying to defend what's been going on with Roni this season. And How I think you defend it. Well, because I think his defense and like a lot of the defense that I've seen is like, this was filmed during COVID. We were very limited. Like New York city is so vibrant and so lively. And you all have to remember that like New York city was like shut down. But we they're couldn't doing go anywhere. Things. I know, I know. But like, that's basically what Andy has been saying. Um, and it, I've seen it elsewhere too. And I just feel as though like, if that's going to be your excuse that it was just COVID for why it sucked, then bring the ladies back and let them have a non COVID season and try to yeah. redeem themselves. Like you or don't why did you cut it wipe short? them all out. You cut Salt Lake city short because of COVID cut Jersey short, cut Jersey short, but Jersey also gave off one of the best seasons of their career i think right with right. even though i we katie and i've gone on the record i think they did not follow a lot of protocol for things right. they were they doing things that we were not doing right. but dallas was i know dallas got the boot but they got the boot for a lot of other questionable things mm -hmm. their season started off like in the height of covid like literally in the height of covid and they were still like the storyline wasn't bad like it was not bad this is like I don't think COVID is a defense because the women are doing things. It's the storyline. Right. It's the, oh my God, it just, yeah. it sucks. Everything sucks. Yeah. But I also, and I agree with that, but I also like, and, and you said this as well too, like, I just don't think you wipe out like the whole cast though. That, that seems aggressive. Like, I don't really see the need to get rid of Sonia, uh, 
Leah definitely had a really rough sophomore season. So I don't really know yeah. how I feel about that. But to, to get rid of Sonia and Talk to about put Lu- sophomore slump. And to, yeah, and to put Luann like as a friend, those two don't really make sense to me. So no. I don't know. We'll no. see what happens. Uh, crazy, crazy stuff. But this next story that we have in the world of housewives actually includes Dorinda. So if you're if you are missing Miss Dorinda, like we are, you'll have to yeah. uh, have Peacock to catch her. <laughs> but um, we already have an announcement about Real Housewives All-Stars Season 2. Now keep in mind, obviously, Season 1 hasn't aired yet. But reports came out that Peacock has already renewed the Real Housewives All-Stars All-Stars for a second season. And according to the Daily Mail, the cast includes Roni's Dorinda Medley and... Hi, hi, Jill, Jill Zarin. Um, Real Housewives of Orange I don't know why they picked her. That was Vicky Gumbelson, which doesn't surprise me because I knew that was people were so pissed she wasn't she, on the first one. She definitely, yeah, um, based on what her daughter said when she was like on that Bravo Kids uh, Watch What Happens live special, like she clearly wants to come back. Yeah, uh, Real Housewives. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Brandy Glanville and Taylor mm-hmm. Armstrong, yeah. and Atlanta's Eva Marcel and Phaedra Parks. So I liked the Brandy pick. Um, yeah, you know, I, she definitely stirs up drama, and she's definitely an OG as well. I don't right. like her. I don't like her. I liked the pick for the All Stars, right? Um, and then I thought too, uh, Eva was a great pick for Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess just with Taylor and Phaedra, I'm still just kind of like up in the air about. Um, but I think there's definitely other people out there that mm-hmm. they could have picked. But I guess they were probably trying to do like two, two, and two, even though yeah. Orange County, I mean, maybe Orange County, they didn't go with someone like Heather because she's coming back on this season, like, or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think those are the only two that I kind of like questioned, but um by the way, um, in reading about season two, I did read that in season one, and we obviously know who the cast is for that. Apparently, somebody comes during the middle of season one while these women are there. Um, do they like, not so take pictures of it. Like, I feel uh, I don't. I don't know. Like for like, I guess maybe at first, I remember they said because of COVID, they could only have a certain amount of people, and then the rumor is that somebody comes in the middle of it, and right. So, so that's kind of like the mystery for season one. Whoa. Um, but filming for season two is expected to take place very soon with most of the girls starting to get in touch with each other. And there's still no word yet on when season one will air on Peacock. However, season two is supposed to have a different format than season one. Um, and I don't really know the extent of what this means, but for season two, the women are reportedly not being flown to an Island to vacation together, which I like that format. Like everybody loves the vacation trips from the season. Like those are the highlights. Um, but instead, they'll have their own version of pillow talk as they share hosting duties. What are they hosting and what are they talking about? And I don't really like that. Like, I don't get either. them all to, and they're going to take turns, like, get them in a group together, put them on a deserted island, yeah. and like, let them sip drinks and get drunk and, and have drama. Like, I really and don't fight. understand. Yeah why they would go away from that. Um, like I said, I know, and Caitlin, I think you feel the same way. Like every season for housewives, like you look forward to those vacation episodes. Oh yeah. And they're usually like three, maybe like three or four episodes and they're like the best episodes of the season. So, um, I, I feel as though they definitely should have stuck to the format of season one, but who knows? We don't even know how season one's going to play out, how it's going to look, what what the ladies are going to be doing. So it's all very interesting that they've already moved to season two. They must feel very strongly about how season one played out. They must feel very strongly that so many people have Peacock subscriptions because <laughs> I don't. Neither yes. does Katie. So if you listen to us, you have a Peacock, Peacock subscription. Hook us up. Hook us up. Send it to us. I'm not. Give us your like, password. Give us your credentials. Like, I'm well, not... then we'll Venmo you like a little bit of money. Give us your password. Yeah, or we'll send you uh, Real Houses for all, uh, Real Fan, whatever we are called, uh, or FNJ swag. I can't yes, speak tonight. Yes, yes, well, yes. We'll send you the swag. But yes. like, seriously, we're not buying Peacock. Like, don't be no. silly. No. <laughs> I just, 
just I just bought better internet and clearly it's not doing anything for my life. So yeah. here I am again, FaceTiming She's back on my the phone. phone. She's back FaceTiming on her so phone. So I am not getting Peacock. <laughs> no Peacock, Optimum, yeah. you suck. It's not, it's oh, not the it's worst. Not good. Worst. I have I have it too. So we're not we're not fans of the yeah. this is not a sponsored ad. We are not fans no. of the- <laughs> All righty, so let's get into our game tonight. Let's go back to football. Yeah. So we are making our way, way, way early predictions for the 2021 NFL season awards. So they are super early. So don't don't judge us. Don't get your panties but in a bunch. Don't try to argue. Like nothing, there's like nothing better than like the fact that we always have notes from all every yeah. single episode we've ever done. And I always find it so fascinating like to look when these when these awards actually do yeah. come out to look back and see like if we were totally off or if we were on the mark. So I like that we do this and we do it every year right before the season. So it's it's always fun to do. Alrighty, so for those um, who don't know or those who just need a quick refresher for the NFL Awards, we have uh, MVP, Most Valuable Player, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. So Katie and I will go through these one by one uh, now. And again, (laughs) the early predictions. But like Katie said, it's fun fun to do and always fun to look back on. So let's start with what people will say is the most prestigious award of the season. Um, I mean, I guess you can argue for all of them, but mm-hmm. the most valuable yeah, yeah, player, yeah. who do you have? So like I learned that um, your picks don't always have to be sexy. It was oh. like nobody ever wanted to pick the Patriots to win the Super Bowl, but then they they're like, it can't be the Patriots again. But then it was, and then it was, and then it was. So I was like, I'm gonna start freaking picking the Patriots. <laughs> so to me, this is a non-sexy, like obvious, like if you're gonna put money on it, it, it could very well happen. I went with Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Well, listen, I think you're absolutely correct. And I guess what you define as sexy is kind of like taking a risk. So I guess. Yeah. Like the obvious, the obvious like answer is yeah. not very sexy. Yeah. No. And I think that's fine. Like I think it's a great pick. I think I picked him last year. I probably picked mm-hmm. him. Who knows? Who knows? But I think then if I'm going to be, I'm taking a little risk here and mine's okay. a little sexy then. So I'm going with Josh Allen. He is mm-hmm. going to yeah. be. The MVP for the 2021 season. I definitely thought about him. He was definitely in my head when I was going over this. And, and yeah, that's that's rolling the dice a little bit, but could very well happen. So I will I'm, have to admit that the Buffalo Bills are officially off my shit list. It's taken me three years to <laughs> forgive them. Because if you don't all remember, three years ago, they broke my heart when I told the world they were going to be great. And they ended up having a really bad oh, yeah, season. They were real bad, which is how they year, landed Josh Allen. <laughs> and then here, last, last year, great, great season. So good, yeah. the Buffalo Bills. So I now think I'm, it's going to be super fascinating to see like how Josh Allen follows up the season and the Buffalo Bills follow mm-hmm. up from last year. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to watch them play. I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch this year, as they were last year. Absolutely. Offensive player of the year. So I kind of went with like, and this happens a lot, like if you don't give your this guy like MVP, you're like, okay, then he's just going to be like my offensive player of the year. So it's kind of the two guys I was going between for MVP and I'm giving him offensive player of the year, Green Bay quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could potentially win MVP because it could be this whole big rumbling of like, he didn't even show up for off season and, right. and he came out and he killed it. He deserves MVP. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's a loser, so I know, and I, I'm, we're not fans, but I, I'm trying to be realistic, and <laughs> and I have him as my offensive player of the year. I still think he's going to come out and do what Aaron Rodgers does, and I think Caitlin is frozen. Am I back? She's back. It was only a quick freeze. That, quick, was, a, that was a good freeze. one. Quick that was a quick, quick one. Freeze. It was only a quick freeze. Quick Thanks, freeze. Optimum. Just a quick Thank freeze. Thank you. Thank you, Optimum. Just a little bit. Just a little one. <laughs> a little freeze. Um, so I'm definitely, again, um, taking a risk here. Um, and it's funny because 
like what you had said, like with, you know, someone doesn't win MVP, you automatically put them to offensive player right. of the year. You know, that's how I felt last year. So I'm a, I'm a huge Derrick Henry fan, obviously. He, so I yeah. actually didn't pick him for offensive Ooh, player. I thought you were going to pick him. I he thought is that's my, where we were going. No, but last year I actually, I was very key. I wanted him to win MVP yeah. uh, last year. I really, really did. Um, and then, you know, obviously I had all my eggs in the basket with him for winning offensive player of the year. I do definitely give him like a strong, like alternate here, but if I'm going to yeah. go with, if I'm going to put everything into Josh Allen at MVP, I'm going to keep it in Buffalo and I'm going to keep Ooh. it aggressive and I'm going to give offensive player of the year to Stefan Diggs. So very, very interesting. I like it. I yep. like it. These are bold predictions and I'm digging them. I like it. It doesn't get too, too bold from here on out, but okay. <laughs> I, I liked doing it for the first two for sure. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I have a lot of very like vanilla answers. <laughs> it's honestly, it could this early on, like if we did this like mid season, I think we could probably, you know, change the things, spark yeah. things up. I think this early things can tend to be a little vanilla. Right. Uh, so, okay. So let's go with defensor, defensive player of the year. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I say it on the show all the time. The guy who got snubbed year, the last two seasons and is going to just go out and kill it. Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker, TJ Watt. I know you love TJ Watt. Um, and I think that he is a very, very strong contender here. Yeah. I don't know. I just got to play it safe though. And honestly, every night I go to sleep, Aaron Donald scares the shit out of me. And I, <laughs> I will never forget, you know, you know, New York Giants, Nick Gates trying to fight him last season. I was like, don't please do don't, it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Don't do it. It, don't it turned do out it. okay. He was fine. But I was like, please don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. But I just, he's the guy that I just, you know, I wish we had him on our team. I wish, <sighs> you know, but he's a very scary individual. And I think that it's not even just that he's scary. Like he puts up year after year and he really is. He's consistently truly, the, he's consistently the best defensive player in the NFL. Yeah, so for me, that's I I think it's a just a I don't know an easy yeah. win there. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right, now let's get into some interesting picks here because we got some new people haven't yeah. seen them play prime time yet. But offensive rookie of the year, I love doing the rookie picks because um, you can co like we haven't seen any of them play, so it really can get. You know, a couple answers here, but I will say I kind of feel like you and I probably picked the same player. Probably. I'm going uh, not with any of these rookie quarterbacks, not with any of these rookie running backs or wide receivers. I'm going with Atlanta Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts. He was truly the best offensive player off the board in this draft. Yeah. I will stand by that for sure. I am 100% too going behind tight end Kyle Pitts as well. Remember, like what? And granted, Odell missed four four games in his rookie season, but he came when he came in. He lit the league on fire, fire. and like the hype around Odell and the jersey sales and the you know mm -hmm. the commercials and all this, like he just became this huge household yeah. name from his rookie season. I believe that this is going to be the same situation for Kyle Pitts. Okay, He's okay. going to be huge. So I'm excited to watch him. Absolutely. And I think the position is interesting too. We haven't seen, we've been no. looking at the same tight ends for the past, how many years, the same names. It's four or five guys that are your guys and that's it. No one else yeah. is really good and all that. And stuff. nobody, nobody drafts a tight end that early. Nobody drafts a tight end at number four, but you draft Kyle Pitts at number four, because honestly, you like most do. of the commentators and most of the analysts, when they were like putting together their lists of best available, a lot of them noted that he was the best player in the entire draft. But obviously, yeah. like teams needed quarterbacks and teams needed whatever. But a lot of people had him as the best overall player in the entire draft. And he's he's going to yeah. prove that. Absolutely. All righty, let's move to the defensive end of the field. Defensive rookie of the year. Oh, my God. I definitely hate saying this. And I hate watching <laughs> I hate watching him on hard knocks because I'm like, damn, this kid's going to be good. I'm going with Dallas linebacker Micah Parsons. Uh, he is a Swiss army, army knife, as he should be playing the linebacker position. He's going to do it all for Dallas. And that kid, his motor, if you, if you watch hard knocks, you have learned, or if you watched him in college, 
he does not have an off switch. That kid is going at full speed, 100%, 100% of the time. So I'm not happy about Dallas having this young man. I think he's going to be phenomenal for them. He is my pick for defensive rookie of the year. For reals, the jump in social, Parsons is a problem. We know, and it's yeah. not a good thing. No. It's hard uh. because I – so I actually picked two people, and okay. it kills me the two people that I picked because I know they were both Giants content. We wanted both of them. So okay. obviously it's Micah Parsons. I um, And it's one of those people too. Like he doesn't come – you know, he comes from Penn State, so it's not. It wasn't a Bama rival, so it's not like I don't want to watch him in the NFL. Right. I do want to watch him in the NFL. He's a rival I, now. I, yeah, well, that's the thing, and that's the problem. Um, and also, too, you know, we obviously really wanted Quiddy Pay, and I, I do think that he's going to be a talent. Um, and I'm, I'm it's, it's just like hey, those a lot of rookies this year. I'm very excited to watch, uh, yeah, regardless it's, it's, of it was who a great they draft. play for. Regardless of who they play for, I think that I'm getting, you know, the shit end of the stick for a lot of Bama guys, especially. Well, listen, <laughs> my my honorable mention pick uh, for defensive rookie of the year actually is Patrick Sertan. I, I think he's going to be really nice. Yeah, and uh, he he was my close second for this pick. So. Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh. It's like Chase Young in Washington, Micah Parsons in Dallas. Like, I'm not cool with any of this. Let's just not and say we didn't or say we did. Well, it's funny because um, the Washington Patriots preseason game, Chase Young had a, like, I just had to keep watching it. Like, I saw it happen live, went on Twitter, kept rewatching it. The next day, like, Get Up was replaying it. I just couldn't get enough of him. The Like, he literally made a play to go and sack Cam Newton. It was probably the most beautiful play like I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like I, everything that he did. And I was just like, that was beautiful end to end. He should be no joke. And it was great because he sacked Cam Newton. So I was like, yes. But then it was also the, you know, Washington football team. So I was like, oh, damn it. Right. You know it's I mean? the realization that that could be Daniel Jones. It's like, I remember like I tweeted out and I was like, I, you know, I, I love it, but I, you, you, you no. don't love it. I don't no. love it. You don't, you love it, but you don't you respect it, but you, you don't love it. I think I, I think I wrote that I love that he sacked Cam Newton because that made me laugh. But yeah. I just, oh, it was just. You, I re- I respect the game, but I hate that he's with Washington. I know. Maybe ugh, something will happen and we get him and it's beautiful and it's. Oh, we can only. It's dream. all sunshine and rainbows, like it's beautiful. Yeah. All right, let's go with another. Uh, definitely an interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's definitely like a clear cut person here, but there's also other people to think about. Uh, comeback player of the year. I'm boring. I went clear cut. Um, I went Dallas back to back on this Dallas quarterback, Dak Prescott. Listen, I think if it was clearly like gruesome and everything like that, and I love, you know, a good comeback story and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is my first pick for this one, but I definitely okay. couldn't resist the alternate. Um, and I was happy that you brought him up a couple weeks back when we talked about potential MVPs per team. Yeah. Um, you brought up Nick Bosa with the Niners. Um, yeah. Listen, uh, great, phenomenal, you know, rookie season for him. Right. Really devastating injury. To come back and to repeat and to do what he did and to show the NFL that he is the real deal that he is. I, I, is it the level of Dak Prescott? I don't know. I yeah. need to see Dak Prescott have a really good season. Um, but I do know too that I, I, you do root for them to come back because what happened of was course. really bad, of course. really, really bad. So I, I definitely agree that that's the most, it's the obvious one. Um, but I do mm-hmm. want to look at other people too, because I think, you know, what happened to Nick Bosa with, you know, phenomenal rookie, really bad injury, come back. Listen, I'm, I am the real deal. I got hit early, but I'm good. Yeah. There's so many guys that you can actually throw into the mix. It's just that Dak, plays the quarterback position and right it, you know and I that's that's the big factor here we can even throw Derwin James's name into the mix right like we love yeah. Derwin um right. so there's so many guys that like actually probably should and could win this award but I just think the fact that Dak plays the quarterback position is is really the true factor that that gives him the edge to win this mm-hmm. already <laughs> and last but not least coach of the year. I think this is always the hardest one. Mm-hmm. 
um, because, you know, coaches don't really get stats. I mean, the only stat they can get is how <laughs> your team's record, right? Are you good or are you not good? Right. Your did your stat. team make the playoffs? Um, did yeah. you, like, I think a lot of it, a lot of times it's, did you have to overcome adversity? Um, right. I'm going to go with a name that I'm, I'm seeing thrown around. And, and when I read it, I was like, hmm, I actually really like that. And I agree with it. I'm going with a rookie head coach. I'm going with the Chargers, Brandon Staley. That's who I went with. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So listen, rookie head coach. I, I think a lot of people would say that's kind of overcoming adversity because, you know, that usually doesn't happen that you have success in your first year. Yes. But he is with a Chargers team that if they live up to their dark horse hype that Caitlin and I have said mm -hmm. for them and they make the playoffs, I think he has a legitimate shot at it. So, um, yeah, I'm going with Brandon Staley. I have the Chargers as a Super Bowl contender. I have right. them as a true, So true you have to have course. Brandon Staley, yeah. Absolutely. And you are, you have, you're coming off your, you have your offensive rookie of the year. Yep. You have him as a sophomore season as your quarterback with Justin Herbert. I just think they are definitely, you know, positioned for success. And like you said, rookie coach has success, do that stuff. There's not a lot of really like hardcore stats that people can go off right. here, but if we can see the success, I, yes, I a hundred percent agree with you. I, was definitely thinking, I was trying to think outside the box when it came to this. And as yeah. I was reading things, and as I was on Twitter, and I was really doing like all of my research around this, it didn't even take me a couple people to see his name. I literally saw his name once, and I was like, yeah. you know what? Like, I, I really feel it. Like, I really, yeah. really feel this one. Like, I And you really don't want to, like, like jump on the bandwagon that, like, everybody else said it, too. No. But, like, as soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw it the first time, I was it like, made sense. oh, wait, that makes a lot of sense. So like, much and sense. I could, I could totally see it. So yes. I, I like that pick. And uh, I, I just can't wait to see how all of this shakes out and to see if we were crazy for saying some of these or if we were yeah. spot on or – it's like I said, it's always so interesting to look back on. And, you know, we don't have our show next week. Mm -hmm. um, so our, our next show that you guys will see us will be on Wednesday, September 8th, which is one day before the first regular season game. That is when we're going to play a game that night, um, giving you our super early playoff predictions and, you know, our Super Bowl predictions, our AFC NFC championship game predictions. So you mm -hmm. don't want to miss that one. We love doing that every season, just kind of taking a shot at guessing what the season is going to unfold and what it's going to look like. So We'll mark it down to don't worry, as we did with our record predictions. We showed you the receipts week after week. So we'll yeah. do it with all this. We stuff. can't run. We'll, we can't run from the receipts. We can't. They'll be they're written there. They're on they're on social media. So they're there forever. Yes. So. Yes. Oh, my goodness. OK, great game. Love looking ahead to the upcoming season. Um, but now is the point in the night where we get it off our chest. Positive, negative housewives, football, life, wine. Uh, summer ending, spooky season of coming upon us. Caitlin, what do you got? Well, that's definitely my get it off my chest. That spooky season is upon <laughs> us. I am so excited for just football. You know, college football, it starts next week. I am honestly so excited. I wore my Bama mm -hmm. gear last week, so I'm not wearing it this week, but I will. They don't play the next week. They play the week after, I think. Um, but I'll start. And obviously, Tua is always in the background, so don't worry. Um, I always got him wrapped back there. But <laughs> Um, yeah, I honestly am just so excited. I, I love summer. Like I really do. And I think the times that we're in, I feel like a lot of stuff gets taken away from us. So it's not, you know, our, our true, true summers, things like that. I just, you know, fall is just always my, my favorite things when I yeah. can devote, you know, one, you know, it's really Sundays, you know, cause Monday we're not watching football start to finish of the day when I get to vote one day, just like one thing, it's like really sit down and like truly love it. Oh, it's the, it's truly the best. Like yeah, you eat, you drink, you watch football. That to me is like the best life. Like you're living the best life. Um, and I love everything else about fall. Like I've already dove into the pumpkin coffee. I'm there people. You can't take me out of it. I'm there already. So people might think I'm crazy and that I'm too, too early, but I'm there. I love it. I'll still be, don't worry. I was just at the beach yesterday and I'm going to the beach next week. So I'm still living the summer dream. Um, I just, I, I'm all in on, you know, football fall season. So I'm there, you. baby. 
It's very exciting. I was at Wegmans the other night. I, I Snapchatted Caitlin that they had so much pumpkin beer out. I didn't it got get the beer very, yet. Very, very excited. I didn't get it yet. I have not done it yet. Okay. So I was at Wegmans and I was actually shopping for alcohol, for beer, for my vacation next mm -hmm. week. Um, and as much as I was excited to see all the pumpkin beers, I was like, not yet. I Not yet, Katie. I, I tried I, so so I got all my seltzers. I got all the white claws and all that. And I was like, when you come back, then we can get into it's football. Yeah. We can get into pumpkin season. <laughs> I was like, I but that, hold on to these yeah. last few days of summer, people. Yeah. Enjoy them. And then we're ready to get into the fall. We're ready. We are ready. So I don't really like to bring mine up because it is really somber news. Um, but I just feel like it would almost be wrong, like if Caitlin and I didn't talk about this or right. mention it in some aspect. Um, but news came out um, on Tuesday. Former Giants head coach Tom Coughlin, uh, he revealed that his wife Judy has been diagnosed with a rare incurable brain disorder that has cost her almost all ability to speak and move. Um, when I saw that, when I read that, it literally just broke my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, we love Tom Coughlin so much. And, you know, we, I have a quote from him here. He said, as so many of you are gearing up for another NFL season, I will be sitting far from the sidelines at the bedside and holding the hand of my biggest supporter, my beloved wife, the mother of our children and grandmother to our grandchildren. Um, Coughlin said he has been the primary caregiver for Judy, who in 2020 was diagnosed uh, with a progressive supernuclear palsy after showing a couple signs a few years ago. Um, he said, we've helplessly watched her go from a gracious woman with a gift for conversation, hugging all the people she met and making them feel they were the most important person in the room to losing almost all ability to speak and move. Uh, they've been married for 54 years. They're so adorable. And this just like, not only breaks my heart that it's Tom Coughlin, Coughlin for obvious reasons, we love him, but it breaks my heart because of everything that Tom Coughlin does with the J fund. Yeah. Um, helping you know families who have kids with cancer doing so much charitable work and for you know somebody who does so much good in the world to have to be faced like, yeah with something like this it just breaks your heart he's you know he doesn't deserve this his wife doesn't deserve this his family it it was really sad to read and so basically i just wanted to get it off my chest like i wanted to you know, talk about it and say that we acknowledge it, but mainly yeah. just say that our hearts are broken about it. And uh, our prayers are with the Coughlin family because again, like this is an amazing family who does so much for so many others. And for them to have to be going through this battle is just, is, is devastating. So our thoughts and prayers are with the Coughlin family. I know so many um, past Giants players who played for Tom yeah. Coughlin have come out and spoken about not even Tom, but but Judy, like yeah. and their personal relationship with her and how much of an amazing and loving woman she is. And that doesn't surprise me hearing that, you know, of Tom Coughlin's wife. And we just wish them the best and we're thinking of them. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like and if you regardless of, you know, you know who Tom Coughlin is or not. It's really not about who he is. Um, right. If you have a chance to read the article, I really recommend it. It was one of those things where it's on the New York Times. So you have yeah. to kind of find a way to some of them. It'll it'll show you a paywall like on your phone. But if you look at it on your computer, you're fine. You just got to find a way around like reading it. So at first it like blocked me from reading it and I was pissed. I was like, I hate the New York Times. And then I finally found a way to read it. Yeah. But it was one of those articles where I read the first sentence and just, I, I knew what was kind of, I just cry, I started crying. Yeah. Um, it truly is a great, it's a very short piece. So don't mm -hmm. think that you're getting yourself into a, you know, a novel or an essay. Um, it's short, but it's one of the most impactful things I've read in a very long time. Um, it really does call out the importance and showcases caregivers. Um, yeah. you know, if you guys are aware of caregivers in your life and, or, or if you do aren't aware of what these people do, you really got to think about these people and give back to them. And then yeah. also too, one of the most impactful and powerful statements within the piece was, you know, Tom Coughlin shouting out all of his former, you know, uh, players yeah. saying 
everything that I've taught you in regards to discipline never ended when you like left the field. It goes throughout your life. And he makes a comment of like, I know you thought I was crazy and hard on you, but everything I taught you like has a purpose. And so clearly he is going through something now in his life where he needs this, you know, discipline. He needs this determination because it's not easy and he's got to do something day after day. That's hard. That's gruesome. It's a a mental toll. And so you have to be mentally tough. You have to be emotionally Mm -hmm. tough. So that was something that stood out to me the most. I know you had said a, a bunch of former players, you know, had, you know, made comments, tweets, things like that. That was the one common thing I saw the most, them quoting that section of, you know, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. he taught them. And yeah. it's really heartbreaking. And I, I'm i very guilty of this. When I read stories like this, I always, I always like put myself in that person's shoes. I, I think about that's my a, life. That's not I a think, thing to be guilty of. That's a good thing. It's, I think about, you know, what would that happen to me? And it, it, right. it just, it really it's sad. It's very, and I, like you had said, a very charitable family, a very mm-hmm. great family. And for them to, to go through this, not that anyone in the world deserves to go through something like this. It's just yeah. like you say, it's you know, like why, fair. why them? So, right, right. but clearly a strong family, they've built a, built a family, obviously being a <laughs> grandparents themselves. So they yeah. built a great family. So, and they're giants family. So they'll, we know how to get through things. We're tough people. We're tough cookies. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm very happy that, you know, you wanted to bring that up tonight because you're right. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. But yeah. like you had said, prayers up and thoughts to the entire Coughlin family. Um, it's, you know, what we've read is not easy, but you know, there are, there are lighter days ahead for sure. Yeah. Oi. Well, with that being said, um, there are a couple of things that we want to call out here. So Real Housewives of Potomac is now back, obviously, for a couple of weeks now, but it is on Sundays at 8 Mm p.m. Real Housewives of New York is on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. I don't know how many episodes that is left, but they're still coming. So Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, uh, that's been pretty spicy lately. That's on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. The NFL Top 100 players obviously is still moving and grooving, but we have players 1 through 10 on Sunday, so don't miss out on that. I know there's yep. there's already been some like rumblings of like the most recent ones. With, like, there's some, always but, controversy yeah, every year. Definitely people who got some, snubbed, pe- whatever. Yeah. So one through 10 should be an interesting one for sure. Yeah. Uh, HBO Hard Knocks is still going on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. And then listen, we have our final NFL preseason games from Friday to Sunday. And that means we're two weeks away from NFL kickoff, baby. Let's go. Can't wait to those of you who have, um, you know, fantasy football drafts coming up. Good luck with that. Let's good luck. Hit us up, DM us. Let us know if you have any questions. Uh, if you're in my league, I'm not going to help you. If you're in Caitlin's <laughs> league, she's not going to give you advice either. Um, but other than that, you can hit us up and, mm-hmm. and we wish you the best of luck. Absolutely. With that being said, thank you for joining us, whether you're live or listening to the podcast on demand. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. You can find us on the Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look us up, the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. And also all of your favorite podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I don't know. Wherever you find us, just Google, literally just Google us. You'll find us. Don't worry. Yes. But thank you again for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Good night. <laughs>